Episode 37, Church History, Part 7. Christianity spread through Rome through 70 AD to the 300s AD. Ignatius labeled the Christian church a universal term called Catholic, and the Christian Catholic church grew throughout the Roman Empire. Israelite assemblies who did not scatter in 70 AD and during Hadrian's reign continued to lose the Hebraic roots and became more and more Hellenized. Celsus, a 2nd century AD Greek philosopher, said the Christians targeted slaves, poor women, and children. He said these are the ones they turned into Christians, or believers. But Christianity was accepted by the higher echelons and intellectuals as well. KingdomPreppers.org and Churchianity Part 3 states, With the vast mix of personalities and classes of people brought with it equally diversified views on the Christian message, as well as widely different interpretations of scripture, this resulted in two outcomes that still plague Christianity and even Hebraic movements to this day. Schisms and heresies. Schisms is a division among members of a group caused by a disagreement over something. And this can result from different views on discipline, practice, and even a disdain of the personalities, character, or attitude of the leadership or fellow members. Heresy is the problem of what is perceived as false doctrine or the belief in something that dissents or deviates from a dominant theory, opinion, or practice based on scripture. In some sense, church orthodoxy was developed in response to the threat of heresy, wherein the church defined itself by formulating its beliefs, which had its roots in Hebrew culture. It is from that culture that Christianity learned the doctrines of creation, the rule of Yah over the creation, the resurrection of the body, which the Pharisees and Yeshua could agree on, and the coming kingdom of Yah. In packaging these and other beliefs to form its orthodoxy, the church developed a means of sustaining them in the form of creeds, a canon of scripture, and what is called apostolic succession, which relates to the ordination of various bishops believed to literally inherit the spiritual authority from the 12 disciples who walk with Yeshua. And this unsubstantiated succession has been perpetrated since the second century, 101 to 200 AD. Gnostics started and believed in the apostolic succession, and this caused major disagreements within the church amongst the Christian fathers and bishops of the church who denounced their beliefs as heresy. Marcion of Sinope was a Christian Gnostic leader from Sinope or present-day Turkey. He was the son of a Christian bishop that was influenced by Sardo, a Gnostic. He traveled to Rome in 140 to 145 AD and joined the Sardo Gnostics. During this time, Antonius Pius is the emperor. He succeeded Hadrian, where we left off in episode 35. His reign was 138 to 161. Serto was believed to have been a follower of Simon the Sorcerer, discussed in Acts 8 and 9. Marcion preached the God who sent Yeshua into the world was different from the God of the Judaites or the Israelites. What? He was a follower of Paul and believed Paul was the only true apostle of Yeshua. Marcion published the first canon of Christian scriptures, which included Paul's letters or the 13 books of the New Testament by Paul and a condensed version of the book of Luke. These are the people that are canonizing scripture. The first canon of scripture by Marcion excluded all and any references to the Hebrew culture. In fact, he rejected the entire Hebrew Bible Old Testament and the God of Israel. 
Marcion taught grace and no final judgment. He said the God of the Old Testament was righteous and wrathful, but the God of the Gospels is only love and mercy. The Marcion or Christian Gnostic doctrine was the doctrine of grace. It was considered heresy. It was condemned by the Christian fathers and bishops. Montanus of Asia Minor, he began the new prophecy or prophecy movement. He was a Christian, not a Gnostic Christian, that believed in the prophetic movement, allowing the Holy Spirit to move voluntarily. Montanus was a recent convert when he first began prophesying. Prior to him becoming a Christian, he was claimed to be a priest of Apollo, the Greek and Roman god. Montanus and two other ladies named Priscilla and Maximilla began to prophesy in ecstatic revelations and tranches. They would fall into a state of possession as they chattered crazily and wildly. And the widespread of the prophecy movement was known as Montanism. Iphanaeus, the Bishop of Cyprus, writes in 310 to 403 that Montanus said, I am the Lord God, the Almighty who abide in man. Others note, that Maximilla said, I'm a speech and spirit and power. Montanism prophesied in the name of the Holy Spirit and preached the second coming of Yeshua. They would lose control of themselves as they ministered. And this type of behavior was not seen with Yeshua, his disciples, nor the prophets of old. In fact, the Christians could not reference or understand their behavior of Montanism. They determined it was demon possession. The Montanist prophecy movement was also condemned by the Christian bishops and leaders. Keenan Preppers states, The debate over the relevance of these prophecies created schisms, eventually causing many churches to split. Heretically, Montanists then claimed that a new age of the Spirit had begun, displacing the previous ages, which meant the Ten Commandments and all the pre-Messianic scriptures were now obsolete. Revelations from Yah would only come through the Spirit of Prophecy. And he was its main avenue. This sounds like certain churches today. With the heresies and schisms, the Christian church developed the creeds, the canons, and the clergy to try to define their interpretations and laws of the Christian church. The creed was a statement of beliefs. The canon spiritual writings as the ruler or measuring rod. The canon was their interpretation. Now the canon of the Israelites was the Torah the prophets, and the Psalms per Luke 24, 44 through 45. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all these things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures, the law of Moses, prophets, and the Psalms. Yeshua did not assign or have any people with the title of bishops, this practice came from Ignatius, a founding father of the Christian Catholic Church. Yeshua came through the tribe of Judah, who were Israelites. Thus, the God of the Old Testament was indeed Yeshua's father, and still the only true God of the Israelites and the Gentiles who believe. Yeshua said, if you want eternal life, obey the commandments of Yah. Yeshua, his disciples, and the prophets of old were not having prophecy meetings with people acting unrestrained and uncontrolled. Acts 1 and 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the utmost parts of the earth. He referenced Jerusalem, Judea, 
Samaria. This was where all of his kinfolks, the Israelites, lived. The power of the Holy Ruach was not to prophesy and fall out all over the place, but to tell others of the gospel of Yeshua, which was to repent and follow the laws of his father, Yah. Church fathers in the second century began to speak up and had to declare their interpretation of scripture or what they knew to be right. Irenaeus, a church father and Greek bishop, developed Christian theology to combat the heresy going on. He believed in the apostolic succession, though, and the idea that Mary, the mother of Yeshua, could not sin. This explains the emphasis placed on Mary today. Another church father, Clement of Alexandria, a Christian theologian and philosopher, also a school teacher, converted to Christianity. He was a strong believer in Plato and was influenced heavily by Hellenism. Clement believed that Plato philosophies agreed to the Christian doctrine. He merged paganism with his Christian faith. It was noted that his greatest praise was reserved for Plato. Tertullian, another church father, was the first Christian to produce Christian Latin literature. He was a skilled attorney from Roman Africa that converted to Christianity in the second century. He liked the prophecy movement and joined Montanism. Yes, Montanism, who were known for heresy or the heresy he was supposed to stop. Tertullian was the first to use the word Trinity to reference three persons and began the Trinitarian theology. Before him, Ignatius and other bishops used the term in the Son, in the Father, and in the Holy Spirit. Tertullian gave the term Trinity. Tertullian wrote in an argument saying, for the unity is distributed in a Trinity, placed in order. The three are the Father, Son, and Spirit. Keep in mind, Tertullian was a strong critic of those spreading heresy and schisms and believed the scriptures were only for the church and should only be interpreted by the church. And that's it. Trinity is nowhere in the Bible. Origen, another church father, was raised by Christian parents. He became the student of Clement of Alexandria. He was known for being Clement's greatest disciple. Origen learned all the pagan philosophies and wrote thousands of writings on theology, logic, and cosmology. He trained catechumens known as new converts to be baptized. He even took over the Clement's catechetical school of Alexandria when he left and later started his own school to train young pagans interested in Christianity. Origen produced a hexapla, a Hebrew Bible, which included the Old Testament scriptures in columns paralleled line by line to four to five Greek translations. He also believed that God would give salvation to Satan and that Satan was only morally reprobate and not an absolute reprobate. What? Origen, along with his mentor Clement, merged pagan philosophies with Christianity. The emperors in the second century after Hadrian were very low-key in persecuting Christians. There were only two in that time frame that persecuted Christians on a local level, and that was Marcus in 161 to 180 AD and Septimius in 193 to 211 AD. Persecution took place in their reign, but it was done locally and it was not consistent. In the second century, we have two major breakouts from Christianity. One, Marcionism, a Christian Gnostic religion that stressed the God of Yeshua was different from the God of the Judaites or Israelites. He was a follower of Paul. Marcion began canonizing scriptures with only Paul's letters and a revised book of Luke and excluded all Hebrew references. Marcionism taught grace 
and the God of the New Testament was only love and mercy. Second, Montanism was a Christian prophecy movement started by a recent convert who began prophesying and falling out and losing control all over the place. He was a priest of Apollo. People thought that the people of the prophecy movement were demon-possessed. Historians say that Montanus called himself Lord God Almighty. These two religions or movements required the church fathers of Christianity to speak up but what did they say? Irenaeus was okay with the apostolic succession and idolized Mary as a woman without sin. Clement praised Plato and believed in Plato and merged paganism with Christianity. Tertullian, a skilled lawyer, liked the prophecy movement himself and introduced the term Trinity and believed scripture could only be interpreted by the church. And again, Trinity is nowhere in scripture. Origen, a student of Clement, learned all the pagan philosophies and wrote thousands and thousands of writings and literatures. He trained pagans with interest in Christianity. He produced a Hebrew Bible with Greek translations and stated that Satan could find salvation. This is the history of the Christian church. You can find parallels of things we do now to what these founding fathers Start it then. As we seek truth, please seek truth with us. Please send questions or comments to info at truthwars.com or come it here. We don't claim to know everything. We just seek the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that knows everything. Let truth roar. Let truth reign. Let truth speak. And let truth set you and your entire family free. Truth roars. Truth reigns. Truth speaks, truth sets me free. Please see a podcast disclaimer at truthwars.com.